Okay, we are back on Three Brews Inn for the first time in almost two weeks. Thank God we're all here. We're all alive. We didn't get thrown into rehab. It was touching go there for a little bit. That was really close for a little <laughs> while after last week, fellas. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to have a serious discussion about <laughs> our limits and <laughs> and when to say what, when. What what happened? <laughs> I, I sent Travis a text message like three days afterward, and he goes, "It's too soon." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, of course, I, I always try to listen to these episodes, you know, afterward just to make sure everything sounds okay. And it's funny, I told Justin, like, it's probably, it's either the, the best episode or the worst when 15 minutes into listening to it, you're into fresh material and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> so it didn't take right. long. I, I remember a conversation with you that I was trying to explain what I was going to say for certain things because I couldn't remember what it was. You had listened to the episode and you were able to reassure me that I said what I wanted to say because it was it was bad. <laughs> that, that, that was that was something else, guys. I so yeah. So I've I've launched or I did launch a, an investigation, talked to a lot of people, checked a lot of uh, cell phone video and um, at the end of the day, convinced that I wasn't responsible for it, but I need to tell you, I, I think it's just that I really, really had a lot of 6.8 beer, and um, I, I take, I, I, I ultimately have to acknowledge that it was me, but my word, that wasn't my plan, and we, we were talking. wasn't anyone's plan. wasn't anybody's plan, so, you know, we were talking about a half hour ago, and um, apparently I, I had two Vegas stories to tell, and one went off okay, and the second one wasn't, <laughs> and I was so embarrassed and felt like such an ass that I couldn't even finish listening to it. So I'm going to retell it. Um, but some, yeah, I, I got to tell you, with, with, all, with all that said, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you're 19, you wake up the next day and you're starting high fives and the texts or whatever, there weren't texts when I was 19, but right. you know what I mean, it's kind of like, holy shit. You know, amazing, but when you're 52, kind of the guilt rolls in. It's like, my God, I uh, I slept on the bathroom floor, and that is not good. I did I did, I did find one thing out though. There's one positive, and one positive only is that my dog Chewy came and slept with me in the bathroom floor. And I knew I knew the fellow was loyal, but you literally slept on the bathroom floor. I didn't know that. I did. You call he That's Travis fantastic. called me at about seven. That more the next morning. I was on a full apology tour slash gather information tour. The only thing I knew one hundred percent for sure is that I did not drive home. I knew that for sure. Yeah, none of us did. But it yeah. was a no, no, and that is. But it was one of those. My word, I, I had to have done damage to myself. Well, you, I think we all did. And you called me at seven. I was sleeping out on my porch. Yeah, on the couch out there, and I'm like fumbling for my phone, and I pick it up as oh. Travis apologizing. I'm like. I wasn't, see, here's the thing, I wasn't really sure, and that's the awful feeling, because I'm, I'm a little bit of a veteran in this, and I know where I'm at, and this one really caught me off guard. The sheer amount wasn't anything outlandish, but just, I don't know. I'll, I'll fall back, I think we talked about it before, maybe I didn't eat enough, maybe I hadn't slept enough in the last four days, I don't know. Whatever well, it, the magic was, it got us good. Well, it, the the stuff catch. tasted wonderful, oh. and that ambibulous uh, hanky panky. Yes, awesome it's stuff. Good stuff. And <laughs> <it> catches, <laughs> maybe, maybe don't drink. Yeah. 
Well, and you know, enjoying moderation. Yeah, it catches yeah. you off guard because it's six point eight. So I mean, it's a it's a high alcohol uh, by volume Surely beer. Doesn't and taste it, like it. No, and we started this no, at about not. noon on a Saturday, oh, did, yeah. so it wasn't like we started it after a full day of work and you know three meals and that sort no, of thing. It no. was depending on what time you woke up, maybe you ate breakfast, maybe you didn't, maybe you had a snack before coming over there, maybe you didn't. And say, yeah. I, say I prepped because I knew it was going to be a day, and we'd had that Wisconsin talk before. What's right. the difference between a Wisconsin drinker and, you know, most other people? Well, you talk about laying a base. Laying a base. Talk about dehydration. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're alive, we're back, we and are. we're back off the wagon, I guess. Sure. So, all right, okay, let's here we go. This. And in three, two, one. All right, Justin, this is your beer this week because you lost in shuffleboard. I lost in shuffleboard. You lost to me. Yeah. yeah. One of the handful oh, of things shit. I remember from Oh, by the way, I'm not good at it ever. Well, so what, wherever I was coming at in a BAC and a, a cognitive ability, there is no business losing to me. Uh, obviously, I wasn't in any sort of capacity to be able to throw a shuffleboard. Maybe either, you just don't but, have any physical or athletic ability at all. Well, that's accurate. That could be. Uh, do you want to briefly mention the beer that we're drinking? We are drinking Milwaukee Brewing Company's uh, Oktoberfest. It's a, a Marzen style lager, uh, 5.5% ABU. It's Marzan. It's Marzan. It is Marzan. You said Marzan. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucked that up. I wouldn't have known that. Uh, at 22 on the IBU scale, so I mean that's about accurate for what we've been drinking so far the uh og is 13.6 degrees plato oh it's more of that again yeah what what was that we didn't did we, we never it figured it out okay. it was gravity oh yeah but we don't know what that means that's true maybe we can have a research day for yeah maybe things. but that's that's where we're sitting at milwaukee brewing company's oktoberfest it's uh likely our last uh, uh podcast prior to october um we've had some yes. Oktoberfest activities canceled because of certain viruses so we're going to go ahead and have a little Oktoberfest tonight all right good nice work um so do we want to we were so gassed last weekend we never actually rated the beer yeah. we never gave it our rating the hanky panky like we didn't <laughs> give it our rating are you guys prepared to do that? I'm ready to do it. I, I am too. I can do that. Okay, I'll I'll start it out. So to me, that beer was a, it was the three run homer in the second inning that puts you up seven to nothing because you're already up, and this one just sort of said the route is on. So, so what? <laughs> yeah, okay. It, it's like okay, it's we're we're now we're going, boys, and that is what that beer did to me. So three run homer, loved it, obviously, and yeah, that's my um, rating. I, I love the analogy, and I'd, I'd put it um, in the same category as uh, as Josh. We've been real fortunate uh, that we've had some super beers and. There's something different about being at a place like Mbibulous. It's one thing drinking out of cans and, and whatnot, but to be there, um, I have a feeling that that hanky-panky would be just as good here, but, you know, the environment certainly right. certainly plays a plays a role, and we were, we were treated very, very well there. I highly recommend the place, by yeah. the way. Um, yeah. So it, it was, we, were, we, were, we were on it. We were on our way. It's a, it's a home run. Home run? It's more than a triple. It's mm -hmm. not a... You know, to, and, and I don't think anything has has been our, you know, 
Grand Slam, bottom of the ninth, Game 7 of the World Series. And right. Maybe that beer isn't out there, but it's a very, very good beer. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that it's the, the three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth that, that puts yeah. you over the top. It's because it was so early. See, I love the analogy, the route is on, because yep. it, the, the route there was some on, kind of yeah. route on with us. I yeah. think we're they're still <laughs> trying to determine the kind of, the kind of route it was. Uh-huh. I, I went in there, by the way, this weekend, and Jared, who was kind enough to sit down with us for a while, was like, ah, heard you guys had some fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, he, he, gave, he, he, gave, he gave you that look. Oh, yeah. He gave you that look, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Jared. Yeah. 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 Justin? Uh, so, I, I'm I'm similar. It's a home run. Uh, mine happens to be in the first inning, though. It's the, uh, it's the cleanup batter, and the pitcher has thrown three walks prior to that. And it's a grand slam in the first inning, so this this so gets a, you yeah, yeah, yeah it gets you going. It's the holy shit, this is going to be a great day. <laughs> I might not remember what all happened during the game, but the score yeah. is going to be rung up pretty pretty high. And and, and, and these bar, these beers aren't brewed to, to sit and have twelve. They're just not. They're, no, not, they're right. not party beers. That's right. not the intent. Right. Um. Yeah. And I. I <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. We, so a few things we're going to cover today is we are going to talk about the DH. We're going to have an in-depth conversation about that, what we feel about it, should it stay, will it stay. Well, once we get that settled, we'll handle Ford, Chevy, and Coke, Pepsi, too. Uh, yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> why don't we I mean, yeah. And then we'll... we'll then let's move on to global warming. We'll, we'll achieve, break our politics rule. And then we'll achieve peace in the Middle East <laughs> while yeah. we're at it. But we'll, we'll give yeah. our thoughts on it. We'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about Ryan Braun's future, because now it looks like it could be his last week in Milwaukee. And at some point, we're going to we'll go through our regulars, the Brucevis Gruber mm-hmm. Fest, uh, uh, breweries, all that. We'll we'll give a douche, douchebag of the week award, and we will cover our three favorite sports movies of all time at some point tonight, right? Yes. Can right. I can I add one thing? And this will prove how little planning we actually do for this. Okay. I suggest that we have three sports movies and then three sports comedies because I think there's so oh, many of them out. Uh, what? No? Too no, many? No, 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 uh, no, not at all. The problem is that if we do that... Because it, we we're all thinking about a couple right now that are technically sports, but aren't they really comedies? So where, where do you want to go with this? Because I can be flexible. Do we want to just do one that says non-comedy sports movies? If we're going to do that, I have to revise my list. Well, th- yeah, I think we okay. just need to go Maybe, maybe that's why we should do some Why don't we do three planning? sports movies, and then okay. in the future we can, we can talk about our non-comedies and then the Just comedies. our top three sports movies. Yeah. Yep. And yep. That's, that's my list, but I thought there really are a ton of them, but there are, you know... There's, oh, there's yeah. really a, a well, you draw apples a and oranges you, you, with a lot of these. It is. You draw a line between the serious sports movies, which just make you want to go out and you know yep. grab a basketball or, or whatever and just go and, crazy, or the ones that you just drink a bunch of beers and laugh your ass off to. And, and, they just happen and to it have seems sports. like everybody's got like the same five for each. Yeah. And I suspect we're going to have a lot of similar ones, which is just fine because right. there's some that have stood the test of time. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so why don't we, just to... Do something different. Let's jump into one of our our special topics right off the bat. What do you think? What do you guys want to do? Do you want to do a Brucevus right away or a douchebag? Could I? Could I? Could I? Go. Okay. I I thought you said breweries. No, we wanted breweries. You want to get that out of the way? I just wanted to get it out of the way because I just feel like such a jerk being unable to pull it off. This will be very cathartic for you, I'm sure, to finally get this story. It really is. Yeah. Go. Twelve days. I felt like an asshole. 
So I'm going to retell the whole thing. I'm going to do it a little bit quicker because I know that we've got repeat listeners that are just, they're really used to Travis being on on target. And We're really not even being, used to that. And, and, and me being kind of the, the backbone of the entire show and is just... <sighs> <laughs> no, listen. I, I know my I know my role. I'm the clown with big ears, but I'm still I still feel really bad not being able to tell the story. All right, well, Las Vegas about four years ago. Craps is my passion. I love craps. Craps is just about the most fun thing you can do ever in a hot craps table. There's no replacement for it. We're in Las Vegas. I start with my uh, friends who will be named Kent and Jesse. And we're at a table and it's going mediocre. And I kind of, after a few minutes, they're gone. And I look over and they're playing war. War, that's right. There's one casino in Vegas that has war and that's O'Shea's Casino. Maybe there's others, but I doubt it. And I look over. We lost Jesse first, and then my buddy Kent is kind of like, "What the hell's he doing?" The, you know, the pussy or whatever. He's calling him out. Before you know it, he's over there playing, and they're playing. And the table gets super hot. Well, it was cold initially. I bought in for I think 400, and I have this thing where even though I was only down about 100 at the time, I bought in for more because it's not uncommon in craps. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies that that that, that go with it. And I bought in for, I think it was 500. I think I had 900 buy-in. And the table got hot. Everybody was shooting well. And we're going around, and I started looking over at this war table, and they're just having a ball, just like they'd never been to Vegas before. They're just like these, it's just like sad, you know. They've got Dad's car out for the weekend. And I'm like, I'm making money on traps. And all we could talk about was traps. And I'm giving that universal, guys, it's good over here. Kind of halfway, like you know, what if they came and they fucked up the mojo, right? But they're they're my you know they're my best buddies. I want them back. But they're playing war, so the table <laughs> goes on this amazing run, and I not only well, I think I ended up having in front of me probably between three thousand thirty five hundred dollars in chips. It's really really going well in all Good different Lord. denominations because when the table's hot, you increase your betting. Different story for a different podcast, but I was, we started at like five in the morning, and I don't want to tell you exactly how many Bacardis I had. I think of nothing but Bacardis, like should have been dead, right? Should have been clinically dead, but I was able to throw the dice, and I get to the point where I'm not seeing real well, and I know <laughs> that I've done this enough in Vegas. You color up, you color up your chips, and especially me because I had so many different varieties. I've got a shit ton of red, which are five dollar chips. I've actually got purple, five hundred, and whatever. And I'm like, you know, you color up at the table, so they give you basically four or five hundred dollar chips, and you go because they want them at the table. Well, I knew that I couldn't physically put the chips on the table. I knew I couldn't do it. So for like two shooters in a row, I'm kind of doing the grab a handful of chips. I didn't know what they were. I've got these cheap ass uh, pants with cargo pockets, and I've got I've got ultimately probably three quarters of my my chips in my pockets, split within two pockets. And so finally, I decided when the next shooter sevens out, I'm going to be leaving the table, and they know I've got a ton of chips, but I can't. I can't do it because I'm gonna make an ass of myself. I, I, I would like almost have to ask for help and I can't do that. So my plan is next time a seven shoots, I'm turning around and I'm grabbing my chips and I'm leaving. That's really what happened. I had a handful of 
of, of green chips, $25 chips. So I leave, nobody says anything. They probably said, sir, but I was on my way out the door. So Vegas at that time, you know, up and down the Vegas Strip, a trillion people, right? Well, Kent, who I had lost, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours earlier, it turns out he went other places and drinking and was having fun. This mass of humanity, I come out at this T intersection, I look to my left, there's Kent like 20 feet in front of me. And he tells the story that I was unable to talk. And I just, Ugh! well, I actually said Kent, right? So I'm like, Kent, I'm so excited to see him. And I run headlong into a concrete overpass embankment. You know, how they how they do, how they have the walkways across the strip. Well, they have their base full of, and I just, he could be a guest to tell the story, but I hit hard. I remember hitting hard. And I've got all my chips in my pockets, and I'm just like this vulnerable victim, and it gets me oh. up. And we go in, and we order room service, but we didn't make it for room service. And our little buddy Jesse, Jesse tells a story that he came in, thought it was a crime scene, because he saw these different colored chips, my pants are off. <laughs> and he said he couldn't get in the room, because apparently room service, like, opened the door just enough to put the cart. So when he tried to get in, he was, like, pushing against the dresser. And and so that's why. Jesus. So, so by, you know, so we, we reacted to that by going down to the, uh, I don't know, we were, we were RAF, we were staying in. So we kicked off our debrief at the RA at 11 a.m. So we had, so that was, thank you for everybody that had to try to listen to that. By the way, for the listener, craps, most people are afraid to play it. Don't be, it's really a simple game. It's the most fun game. Check out videos or whatever. Just at least be willing to play crafts at a blackjack or, or other games. So thank you for listening. <clears throat> that was way better than that the last one you told. Substantially better. <laughs> well, really? Yeah. yeah. God. Yeah. Did, did do you have one? Do you want me to start? My brewery? Yeah. Uh, my brewery uh, involves uh, so I, I, I got a couple buddies. Um, I'll I'll name them uh, Josh and Travis. Uh, oh. We happen to have a uh, a podcast that we do together. Um, so we had this great idea, actually it came from, uh, Tina's boyfriend, uh, to, to try to do one of our podcasts at a, at a local brewery. So we decide that, uh, I'm bibulous because it's near Josh's house and the beers are really good. Uh, we, we want to, uh, to do a podcast from that setting. So we get there and of course we're looking down the list and yeah, let's pick this hanky panky. You know, we, I've never had it. Josh has had it a, a handful of times. And uh, we decide that's a good one. It's a, a New England IPA, and it's 6.8%. So we start drinking drafts of that. And, uh, you know, long drinking story... Drinking my course. Yeah, yeah, we were. So long, long story short, after we did this podcast, I got my Uber... Um, my my Uber. Text. I remember talking to you because I was gonna Uber with you all over town. Remember that? No, I don't. I do. You can't Uber. I had all these grand plans for you. I I the only thing I remember about that is my Uber timestamp was used to fill in the pieces of like when people were leaving on Bibulus. When did day. you leave? What time did you leave? It was uh, a few minutes after four o'clock. After four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, so we were there for four it, it hours. It was almost drinking. like sedative that you get before a surgery. Oh, oh it was bad. Where did this come from? Oh, it was horrible. So your brewery was two weeks ago. Our brewery, oh, yeah, my right. brewery was two weeks <laughs> ago. You know, and, and I love it because why, why wait a few years? Right. 
Because right. I, I will I will tell you that um, it will stand the test of time. This yeah. story will be one that will be told for ages. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when, beautiful. When we're 15 minutes into the review of the podcast and I am learning things that I spoke about, <laughs> and there's an hour and 45 minutes well, left to go. I, I learned pre-broadcast Ooh. just how many bad things I said about Trevor Hoffman, and I didn't even mean them. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not much knowledge. But I do what I say is really what I mean, and I think I said things about Trevor Hoffman I didn't even mean. <laughs> I don't know. I sound trying to sound cool or, or what? <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Whoops. Well, and then he showed wearing a Trevor Hoffman jersey tonight, and which I said, hey, did you wear that in intention of last week? Like, why? What happened last week? <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. All right. Well, my okay. brewery, my brewery uh, really quick involves a mythical figure at Winona State where I went to college. There is a, a person who would show up at, at house parties once in a while. He would just, out of the blue, show up with a pair of tidy whities on his, on his head. Sweet. He'd run around and declare, I am groin man. No. Yeah. And Seriously. He, yes. And he was sort of a, <laughs> he was a goodwill ambassador, sort of. Like, make sure everyone was having fun, and I am groin man, and I am here to help you out. Oh. Right? The you would show up at house parties. Why do you think that was me? There's rumors. I've never been photographed with Groin Man before, and people will tell you that, you know, you, what, I, I'm not, I'm not. Thank God cell phones, buddy. Right. Yeah. I'm just telling you, there's a Groin Man who used to haunt the house parties of Winona State University. I, I. It it magically went away after you graduated? I haven't heard if no, I mean, <laughs> coincidences happen. There are coincidences. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, that's my brewery. You just want to know if it's his underwear or other. That's my only real question. Probably his boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Let's talk about baseball for a little bit, shall All right, we? Here we go. All right. Here we go. I'm going to cover this because we have to. I don't want to cover this because it causes me physical pain. It was the weekend of our Ambibulous, the Brewers-Cubs series. Of all the things that I don't remember of that weekend, I do remember Hayter giving up the home runs in, in the ninth against the Cubs. And if that wasn't enough of a gut punch to then wake up the next day feeling like we did, mm. and then to be sitting there in an afternoon game and watch them get... I don't even want to say. It. I don't want to say the words. I don't want to say what they, what the Cubs did against the Brewers. What happened against them to sit there and watch it by somebody who's not, you know, John Lester, you Darvish, whoever that guy was. Uh, I I think I put in the itinerary the darkest weekend in Brewer history. Is that fair to say? Because a yeah. few. A, a, Maybe if it wasn't this season. Maybe it is different, but it was awful. I, I remember saying a few weeks ago when they almost got no hit by by Kenta Maeda and the Twins. Whoa. I said I can't live with myself if they get no hit by the Twins, Cubs, or Cardinals. Yeah, you, you did. Yeah, and three weeks later, it's a little eerie when you think about oh, it. He, he was, uh... and and that was the first time in history that uh, the Cub or the Cubs and the White Sox had no hitters in the same season too. Really. And it was against the Brewers. I, I'm having a hard time mentally processing that. Thank God my asshole friend, Cub fan friend, 
kept it really to a minimum because I probably would have, my head might have exploded that day. That was bad. Did you know you had a medical concern based on Saturday? Who what? was he? Was he aware of your current physical condition? Oh no, no. You know what? I think we can play the HIPAA card because so much of what happened to us Saturday is probably protected. <clears throat> sure. Is this the same friend that wrote our theme song? Mm-hmm. We haven't yes. discussed the theme song yet. We haven't discussed the theme song. It's it's in the works. He insists that he's trying to get this this guy to, to sing it, but we'll see. I like the horrible like the, drunken version that so he sent us. So do I. I'm going to get him to send the MP3 version and we'll play it. But anyway, we got out of that weekend, and part of me thought maybe... Do you guys remember uh, Verlander, No Hit? the Brewers years yes. years ago, yep. and I think they, they rebounded pretty well after that. Yep. So part of me thought, okay. Maybe they'll rebound. Maybe they'll rebound. And to some extent they did because they did. weren't they the only team in Major League Baseball history to get no hit and s- score 10 or more runs in a game twice in the same week? Yes. Yeah, they scored, they scored 10 or more runs twice that week and got no hit first time in history. How, is that not a perfect microcosm of their season right now? And like, you don't know... Wasn't one of them, like, 19 to nothing? Too? 19 to nothing. Because I think we talked well, about well. that. I, I I don't know what to think about this team. And did either of you watch the game last night by chance? Unfortunately. Okay, so we have to talk about what in the fucking hell is wrong with Christian Yelich. Did you see his last strikeout? It was bad. Against Bauer. It against was... Trevor Bauer. It was um, similar to um, uh, Pedro Serrano and his oh, yeah. uh, inability to hit a curveball. <clears throat> so Trevor Bauer, it was an 0-2 pitch, I think. Bauer spiked the curveball, not in front of the plate. It was in front of the plate, but it was probably 60% of the way to home plate. Mm-hmm. And Yelich swung. It was bad. I, I don't know. Is there something, is there something wrong or is, is it just he is so discombobulated this year I, and now he's pushing himself? I hope that it's just he is so stuck on he had a uh, a slump to start the season and he knows that it's such a short season so he's trying to press too hard and it's just not coming. It, uh, but if, uh, if it were a 162-game season, he would be going through a two- or three-week slump get out of it, he would be able to take a couple days off sure. and work himself out of it. But so you think I, I, Go ahead. I subscribe to the pressing. I I think, you know, 162-game season, you start there. If you have a normal year, you may very possibly not even have that slump to start with. Yeah. Um, but you'll never know, right? But um, coincidence, right? This guy is, yeah. Uh, he's, he's a lights-out hitter. And he has a pedigree of it. It wasn't just like he won an MVP one season. Right. He had a you know a very mediocre average, and then he had a great season, and now he's doing this. He's been an MVP. He would have been a two-time MVP had he not gotten injured. Yeah. You saw uh, flashes of this when he was in Florida. He was a centerpiece of a massive trade that essentially wiped out the Brewers' uh, farm system. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. wasn't like this guy was, you know, a, a, a one-and-done type of thing. Yeah. He had a pedigree of hitting, and then this happened. And you have to think that 
it had something to do with uh, spring training starting and then stopping and then a very brief uh, summer camp and then the season starting. He's pressing because he knows that every game counts as three games essentially. And, yeah. So you just hope that he's, <clears throat> excuse me, mentally strong enough once this year is done to shake it off, you know, and hit the reset button. Because all right, fine, this year's lost. Just don't carry it over until next year. Yep. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who feels he has to justify his contract. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? Because you worry about that too when somebody signs a massive contract and then they they fall apart because they either relax or they go out and press because they have to justify it. This seems a little bit different than that to me. Yes. I, I don't know what's going on in his head, but it's been bad. It's been really bad. Well, and, and you could, I don't know if, um, yeah, it's been bad. And it's he's not only swinging out of the strike zone, he's missing pitches that he normally hammers. He, he the, the hanging curve balls, he's following off that he would have sent in, you know, four rows deep. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about that anymore. Should we talk about the DH? Yes. DH. All right. Does anyone have really strong feelings about that, that they want to lead off with? I have a strong feeling about it. Go ahead. I think that the National League should adopt the DH. And if you would have, if you would have asked me that six months ago, I would have said, "Fuck you! The National League can never go to that." Um, you're ruining, ruining the game. The purist in me would say the National League is a better league because they've got the um, uh, pitcher hitting and the, the strategy that comes with that. But after seeing it in play and now and given the recent Brewers pitchers injuries that happened with uh, pitchers having to be on the base path or swinging a, a, a bat and running to first base, um, I think it adds a new dimension to the game. I think it allows a, a player like Devin Williams to be able to pitch two innings where if he were in the you know seventh yeah. inning and his, his spot comes yeah. up in the batting order, you're not able to do that. I think we're able to see those, those stellar bullpen arms pitch more often. And we're able to see players like uh, Vogelback, who has now become one of my favorite players in Brewers history. Um, uh, he would never be a regular player on a Brewers roster that doesn't have a DH. Because he's not, uh, even though he showed some athletic plays at first base when he does go out there, he's not the stereotypical infielder that the Brewers have that can play multiple positions. He's a first baseman or a DH, and that is all he is. And... Um, Without DH, we wouldn't be able to see him. I so I I've I've come around, and I never thought I would say this, but I am <laughs> a big fan of the DH in the NL. Well, it's funny you say that because I've gone back and forth, but I've always um, leaned towards the purist. Um, baseball seems to be kind of, in a lot of ways, the last bastion of, of, of change. Most of that's good. Some of it, I guess, is bad. I lean towards uh, going. NLDH, and here's my big reason for it. Well, Justin brought a couple things I hadn't even thought of, but my um, big reason is this. Your pitchers, whether they're on a four or five day rotation, not only are your pitchers bred 
in the and have been since probably 40, 50 years as just pitchers. I mean, there was a time where, of course, you know, they were just another hitter in the lineup and oftentimes very good at it. But when you're a starting pitcher and you see the mound one every four or five games, you really are not an everyday player. And when you are out there as a pitcher in the, say you get into bat in the second and fifth, and maybe if you're doing well, you get another, you know, you have a third at bat in the, in, in, in the seventh inning or whatever. Um, what are your really, are your expectations? How can you expect a player, regardless of how much batting practice they get or how much they work at their skills, they are out there one out of every four or one out of every five days seeing live pitching. It isn't fair to anyone because regardless of how good these people were in high school, college, and whatnot, they are not getting enough day-to-day -day, um, reps to, 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 to be good at it. And um, the strategy, great, but I'm, I'm really leaning towards, I mean, I think the league for many years, I've always thought that it has to be one or the other, right? Um, and I, I know that certainly the, 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 the union wants that slot for the person that, that can't play, and your DH may or may not be that person. You could have a DH that could also play, but it just doesn't fit on a certain team. So that's, let's bring it into the, let's bring it into the NL, and I, I think um, I, I, res I would respect the opinion of the, uh, the, the, the folks that would say that's uh, the, the purity of the game, but you know, the purity of the game, you get 50% of it that's, that's doing it different. So yeah. that in and of itself yeah. is, is messed up. Yeah, and, and, and <clears throat> you said, like, it has to be one or the other. Yeah. It was never going to be the AL adopting Hell pitchers. No, no. no and I think we knew that. So Right, so this had to happen, and... And I, I, I didn't like it either, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I like seeing pitchers lay down a, a bunt and, and do, do pitcher, that kind pitcher of Pitchers stopped bunting 10 years ago. Exactly, yeah. right. And, and, and Justin, you're absolutely correct. It's the injuries for me. I hated, got sick of seeing pitchers getting hurt on the base pass or in the batting box when they're trying to cut away at 97-mile-an-hour fastballs, and you know how violent a you swing has to be. Imagine what that looks like to a pitcher, regardless of what their skill set is. Right. They see a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. That is very difficult for a 320 hitter that gets five <laughs> at-bats a day. Right. It's like, come on, it's, it's not even yeah. reasonable. And, and, and your pitcher spot becomes an automatic out. Essentially, right. so it's it's like you're wow. playing a, a minor or a, a little league game where you can't fill a full roster, and you get that automatic out when it rotates through the eighth and ninth batter. I mean, it, it really little beer league softball leagues I was part softball. of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got seven guys. Here's the deal. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, like Jimmy Nelson's career was taken away from him be yes. because of that. Oh, you know, absolutely. is is it worth it? It's not worth it. I I I don't want to. I would rather see a pitcher hit, but the and the, the risk is is too high for the role. And, and I don't want to hear the people that do the oh goddamn, and they'll crank out some story about a pitcher that did something amazing or whatever. Yeah, I, I know that nobody's saying that those stories don't exist. Right. But the reality is that does not trump the big picture. Have right? have the legacies of the Yankees or the Red Sox like faltered or been diminished since the? Implementation of the DH. Zero. No. Of course not. No. Zero. No, nobody no. cares. And and you're holding this up. You're holding this rule up for somebody that if they are uh, a capable batter, they're going to bat 100. 
maybe. Oh, oh a pitcher, you mean? Yeah, a pitcher. Right. 100, maybe. So why why wouldn't you have the DH? Why wouldn't you have somebody that can bat 300, and, add some more action to the game? And they're batting 100 with better pitches because pitchers are know they have the pitcher. Right. If every pitcher treated them with the same things, they would be batting 0.33. Right. But what they're trying to do with pitchers is throw the ball over the plate because they don't have to show their best stuff. Absolutely. So, right. so their averages are even tainted in how they're approached. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's um, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. We are back. We have made our bathroom breaks, and we're cracking in three, two, one. This is the work, gentlemen. I nailed it that time, didn't I? You Fine. were on... I'm point. I think we've figured out the formula to get Travis to crack his, his beer on time. So, all right, we've 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 covered the DH. We're going to move on to um, a new feature that we have on Three Brews In, and that well, is... It's not brand new. It's the second one. Well, but... We never... Or maybe we didn't explain it. It's that we discussed... We discussed it. This is the first time we're going to actually do it this week. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, the, it's the Alex Rodriguez Achievement Award, and what we are going to do is we are going to chair, we, we call it the douchebag of the week, and it's ultimately we're going to throw out a whole bunch of candidates and then vote at some point for the Alex Rodriguez douchebag of the year. Nobody can use A-Rod because we know he's maybe the biggest right. douche in the history of all sports. Right. Biggest so, douche. Yeah. So um, I'll start, if that's all right. Absolutely. Mine comes actually from this past week and something that I saw on social media. Uh, it's Josh Donaldson. Is my oh, douchebag yes. of the week. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sure what do. happened in the game? Okay. Yep. He was playing. He's playing for the Twins now. I forget who who he was playing. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was a first inning. He there was a high strike, a curveball that never really got in the zone. The ump called a strike, and he took a little little offense at it. Whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. And then flash forward to the sixth inning, and there was a check swing on a ball out of the zone didn't look like he went the ump called it a strike not sure if it was on the swing or on the on the pitch that he called it and there was some some jaw jacking back and forth between him and the ump at that time um i think the next pitcher in that at bat he's the next pitcher too for sure right he, he jacked one out of the park like just crushed it right so on on the on the way around third base as he's coming into home plate as he's crossing the plate, he does a moving soccer-style kick to kick dirt across the home plate, like clearly directed at the umpire. Yep. Like sweeps his leg across home plate and just kicks dirt across home plate. The ump tosses him, right? Well, he doesn't realize if he touches home plate or not, so he has to go back to he, Right, because he swept his foot. He's all of a sudden not sure if he touched home plate. He turns around, goes back to step on home plate, and before he actually stepped on it, the ump threw him out. He, he kicked more dirt on the home plate. And, and then after he got thrown out, he stopped and kicked more dirt on home plate, just like an old Lou Pinella, uh -huh. Earl Weaver kind of, you know, just showing up the umpire kind of thing. And as he's walking away, looks at the ump and just gives him a thumbs up oh, on his way. Yeah. Yeah. Way back to the locker room. Yeah. So and so I and I was not aware if this is a Josh Donaldson kind of thing or not. Is he? I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't know either. Uh, so of course the next like suggested video on the YouTube of that was Josh Donaldson getting pissed. Huh. And yeah, he's that kind of. Oh, he is that guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah he I didn't is. Know that. Okay. Yeah. So oh, when you get tossed out after a home run just to make a point to the 
to the umpire of all people, you're a douchebag. No, right? Nice. You want to uh, skip you because... No, I'll, I'll go. I, the, mine's not as creative as that. Mine is Yadier Molina. I was going to go with Javi Baez, but I, I think I can't get past Yadier Molina as being a douchebag. If, if you don't, or if you're Couldn't looking you for a group story, aren't they almost Lewis and Clark? The, can, we, can we put them together? Different teams. Right. Different teams. Because everybody acknowledges around baseball they're douches. Right. Yeah. If, if you need a story to back that up, do you remember, this was just the last time that the Brewers played the Cardinals. Do you remember Braun smacking Molina yes. in the wrist? And it, it ended up... A, Clearing the bullpens. Right. Because Yadier Molina claimed that Ryan Braun was able to do a late swing and change his swing in such a way that he was going to be able to hit Yadier Molina's glove. Do, do you know that he, for a fact? Was that his actual yes, complaint? that was the complaint because he thought Ryan Braun was doing that intentionally because there was some issues earlier with late swings and Braun. And, yeah, that was his complaint was that Ryan Braun was – late swinging to intentionally hit the glove. If that's true, I've never heard anything so dumb in my entire life. And yet, here is Yadier Molina, the dumbest oh, the dumbest. Yes. Well, so, it's a good thing he's good at baseball, because he's dumb as shit. He yeah. really is. Yes. Right. Well, we all saw the Yadier Molina uh, photograph with uh, all of his homies sitting around him during the COVID uh, when... when the players were instructed not to have your friends or family in your room. You had to have your mask on. There was a whole bunch of stuff that um, you needed to take precautions because this was at the time of the summer camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Yadier Molina was in whatever room, uh, house that he was at. I think it was his house. But he had a gigantic group of friends around him. Uh, family around him. Nobody was wearing a mask, and his Instagram posted something like "fuck COVID" or there was some like anti-COVID thing. And, and that is because he is one of the most arrogant baseball right. players out there. Absolutely. So Yadier Molina, douchebag, douche. Travis. Before I get into mine, I just want to um, spin off yours a little bit. You talked about the umpire thing. Have either of you two seen the very famous Earl Weaver, Bill Haller one? Yep. I watched it like a week ago with my mom because she hadn't seen it. I highly recommend, folks, all you have to do is uh, Google anything along the lines of Earl Weaver tirade Bill Haller. Is this when the umpire is giving him shit about blowing World World Series? Yeah. He says, I'll be in the Hall of Fame. What, for fucking up a World Series, yeah. Earl? I'll be, you ain't worth the shit. You ain't either. It's, it's classic. Uh-huh. And and if you see the scoreboard in this empty Baltimore, whatever the hell stadium they called it back then, mm-hmm. pre-Camden Yard, first inning, there's zeros. <laughs> it's the, it's oh. the top of the first yes. inning, and they called a balk on a Baltimore pitcher, and Eddie Murray starts arguing, and because you hear the first thing Earl Weaver says when he comes out of the dugout, Eddie or something, don't talk to him, Eddie, or whatever. And then it's just him. It is gold. It, it is. is absolutely the best umpire manager thing ever because it, it is, well, I've never yep. seen a better one because you get every word of the argument. Right. So, I, so. I know exactly what so I'm going to I'm going to move about. into um, Douchebag of the Week. It's Warren Sapp. Warren is, oh, an, oh, Warren, oh. Warren is yes. an asshole on several levels, but I'm going to talk about a... a um, a particular story, and that is when Warren Sapp 
um, verbally um, accosted and might have, if not restrained, physically assaulted Mike Sherman, then coach of the Packers. Yes. So there's an interception, um, and um, um, a Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer defensive back intercepted a far pass, and Chad Clifton then becomes a defender, and yes. the Lawrence sat whatever, oh. took him out. It was bad. It affected his career, Chad Clifton. It, it so, fucked up his hip. It's like, oh, horrible. So this is a double douche story, and I'll, I'll try to explain it as briefly as I can. So number one, um, Sherman, Mike Sherman, took up for his player. And it wasn't even as much taken up for his player. Well, it was, but it was just really unnecessary bad sap. You know, talked about afterwards how he had him in his targets and all that. Completely un unapologetic. I mean... Getting the famous yelling match at the sidelines. And then Sapp, at age probably 28 or something at the time, says, hey, if you think you're so tough, put on a uniform. It just crossed all boundaries of all professionals. <laughs> to Mike Sherman. So that's, yeah. So that's, and, 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 and Sherman, I think he gave kind of a quasi, shouldn't have done what I did, but I still defend, um, you know, my, my actions in that. I didn't believe what Sapp did was right or words to that effect. I mean, took up for his player, which he definitely needed to. So the second part of this douche story is Brett Favre, because Brett, part of what Brett did, and it will go to, you know, kind of the, the fake uh, sack that Michael Strahan had mm -hmm. that Favre gave him, and, and is really Brett Favre's love affair with defensive linemen and how they're buddy-buddy, you're tough. I'm, and Brett Favre, after that game, continued, despite no apologies from Sapp, nothing, he continued this kind of, uh, you know, you know uh, I really respect you and the alignment thing. Because Sapp was one of those so guys that he saw twice he didn't a year. He stand up for Clifton. He never, he, he never stood up for his coach, and he never stood up for Clifton. And it was one of my, I had a, Brett Favre was a douche list. I didn't call it douche. I think, uh, what? Cockwalloper. Cock Brett Favre was a cockwalloper. He used to have Brett Favre as a cockwalloper parties. Well, I had two of them anyway. And there were lists. And this was one that made the list really early because... Brett Favre, I mean, I wasn't expecting Brett Favre to come out and say um, Warren Sapp is an absolute devil and he's the worst human being on earth. But it was clear that he, because he ended up interacting with him, ha ha, you hit me hard or whatever. It's, I mean, if you really knew Brett Favre, you knew there were several linemen that he had a seemingly better relationship than, a, than his own offensive line. Hmm. And if you hear some of the rumblings in the stories where there's smoke, there's fire... It's like his line wasn't really too keen with that shit. Really? Um, and, and we go back to the um, extending it just one more um, branch, the whole Michael Strahan thing. How do you go back to your huddle saying that we're now the offensive line that gave up that Michael Strahan sack because mm. you decided your buddy buddy, it was more important to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was Warren Sapp, and if you ever saw him, um, during his broadcast days, is he still part of anything? He, he's borderline illiterate, yeah. by the way. Well, he got accused of some sexual misconduct. Yeah, yeah allegedly, was, right? Yeah. I mean, if he did, he just... He did. So I, I will go with Warren Sapp, 1A, and Brett Favre, 1B. Well done. That's a good one. I did, not, I did not know about the animosity between Brett Favre and his offensive line, not being a Packers fan. They were fan that being nothing, the, one of those... Yeah. The little, the, little rumblings, and, and yeah. Coach, can you back me up on that? Absolutely. Yeah. The only the only offensive lineman you ever saw 
Brett Favre getting along with was Frank Winters. I was going to say Bag of Donuts. Yeah, oh, Frankie okay. Bag of Donuts. Um, just for a moment, the because we're on managers, or we were on managers, uh, Lloyd McClendon is back as a MLB manager. No, he's not. Yes, he is. What is he, 80? Has to be 80, right? Uh, He's not that old. Boyd McClendon, I don't know. He's not, well, no. I don't know. But whatever, he's back. Because oh. Ron Gardenhire retired oh, yeah, out of the right. blue from the Dodgers. Maybe I'm thinking he's, he's older than maybe Rod, he is. For the Dodgers? I'm Ooh. sorry. I said uh, I, Tigers. Tigers. The Tigers. And yeah. Lloyd McClendon is, is the manager. And I, how can you not love Lloyd McClendon? Do you, do you remember? The, the Pirates. Right. Yeah. When, when he took first base. Yes. And just. He chucked it. No, he didn't. He picked they it up. They took it and left he, with it. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I was getting a little bit Hey, Lloyd, they got a couple yeah. of extras, but it's yes. a good story. He, he picked it up and walked I, off. I just it. love this the symbolism of that. Well, if you can't umpire this base, then I'm, I'm taking it with it. me. Yep. Love Lloyd McClendon. You know what? And that's something that would be much more respected by the umpires than something Donaldson did. Absolutely. You bitch ass whatever. That's, right. Because you know they all, like, giggled about it later on. Like, never seen that before. You want, you want to talk about umpires? I just need to bring this up, and this is how my brain works. Remember Jim Joyce when he cost that Detroit Tigers pitcher the perfect I game? know exactly where you're going. How classy he was. He was crying about it. He just blew the call, and he went out the next day, and the Tigers were really classy. He was a Tiger pitcher, right? Yes. I yes. think so. Yep. And, 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 and whoever was managing the Tigers at the time, he knew how bad Jim Joyce felt, so he did a little bit of uh, whatever and sent him out with a lineup card. And it was just like, so yeah, there was so much class. Everyone, Completely off topic, but it no, was an you're amazing right, thing. In because it. I, for, yeah. for one, you love when Jim Joyce is behind home plate yeah. because yes. his strike call was great. Yep. And you felt bad for the guy because of the way he handled it afterward. He was, Like you said, he's crying saying, I cost that kid a perfect game. His, his, his immediate was just nothing I more that I and, feel incredibly yeah. awful. I cost him that. And everyone handled that right because the pitcher. And, and did the what, pitcher who handled it incredibly well. He did, started feeling bad for Jim Joyce. Who who remembers yeah. his name? Was it a Galarraga or a... It was Galarraga or Gonzalez. I mean, we, oh. we, we got to be pushing 10 years here, right? So right, and is, I still... And I wonder I think what his career became. Tiger? Uh, yes, Tigers. Tigers pitcher. Tigers. I think, I think just perfect Jim game, Joyce. Jim Joyce. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I want to say Armando Galarraga. For some, that, I, that, that, if you come up with that. I don't know if that's right or not. But they both handled it. Armando Galarraga. Yes. Yes. That is really good. The, what's, they both handled it so well, and they still celebrate that no-hitter, air quotes, at Tiger you Stadium. Might, you might even get a little more out of it. Because of how he played, because we all know Juan Navis. Who's heard of him across baseball, right? Other no Brewer, other Brewer fans, right? But this will always be the right. Know, there's probably some more mileage in it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. June June second, two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. What did I say? What did I say? We're about ten years. Yep. Yep. Good work. That's awesome. Let's talk about Ryan Braun. God, I, I brought a little brawny hot tonight. Yeah. Um. So part of me. Is a, I'm so torn on this because everyone's celebrating Braun and it might be his last game at Miller Park and all that. And of course, the Brewers announcers can never acknowledge the bad parts about Braun. They just can't do that because they're the I get it. underneath the bus. And right. I understand why they can't. I understand it. why they can't. But part of me just gets a little annoyed at the fanfare. It's like, can we just get past him and that whole era and that whole saga? 
-hmm. Once he's gone, that's gone, and we can move on from that. Right. Do you know what has sucked about that, though? Hmm. He still produces. He does, and that's my next that's question. That's the problem. Is he going to come back? I don't think he's done playing. I don't think he's done playing. I don't think he's done playing. He's not coming back at the option amount that he's got. What, $15 million? Like 15, 12 to $15 million. <laughs> it's not coming There's back no at way. that. So the only the only way Ryan Braun comes back to the Brewers is if he's willing to take a hometown discount and the National no League goes to uh, DH. Yeah, and the problem is... he's not an everyday outfielder. He's not. And and if, if, what, 32 teams now have a DH, someone will pay him more than the Brewers will, I'm sure. Right. So I don't think he's coming back. I mean, and, and a part of me is kind of happy. Let's just move, turn that page. Great, he went out with a fanfare. Okay, fine, be done with it. He didn't go out with any fanfare. It's but, a pretty much the perfect ending for Ryan Broad. It's actually a great point. There's it, there's no fanfare see, I, to go out with. That see, is, I, I, I haven't forgiven him, and, and I say that without any... So you don't want him back regardless? See, I... See, I thought what he did was so treacherous. He's the guy I don't want in the locker room. He was, he was just what he did was 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 unforgivable to me personally, because regardless of the apologies, once you get caught, he's made it whatever. It shows the kind of person he was, and there's a lot of options, and we've all seen the different steroid options, how he handled it, you know, ranging from Sammy Sosa to <laughs> McGuire or whatever. Mm -hmm. The one thing you can't do. You absolutely can't do it. I mean, I get you can lie to Congress. You can say I never did straight. That's all stuff that I think I think we're all kind of going to encapsulize into not acceptable lying. I mean, that's not how I personally see it. But there's a whole ton of people that, that fall into that category because it's literally the matter of millions and millions and millions of dollars and your family being well versus lie. Well, that, that kind of gets into the stuff. But Ryan Braun did something that took an incredibly big step. He threw under the bus a completely innocent victim who was getting death threats and will ever be that guy. And I don't give two shits less what he did after that. He knew he was taking another completely innocent person with him. I, I never forgave him. And, and Josh and I were talking on the break. And this is not one of these, oh, it's crystal clear now because you saw what he did. I was never really comfortable with him as a person. Just one of those gut feelings. And there's others. I just... Yeah, he wasn't that, but that person. So that's me. So, so, but, but how do you separate the production and the whatnot? I mean, we, you, 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 you know, you, you swim where you swim with the sharks, right? Because I, I dislike Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers immensely. Probably two of the top five actors of all time. Sure, you know. So, 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 yeah. so separate it for a second. Yeah. But now you have to decide: Is he coming back? I'm talking. Yeah, strictly I mean, this from is from completely a baseball, baseball right. because that's where we're at. Sure, right. Talking strictly from, I, I think they take him back for what six million? I, I don't know. Throwing out a number there. Probably six, nine, six to ten in that area is probably what he's going to command. But I, let's say the the Cleveland Indians who have been looking for outfield help, like for the last five years. There's no way that the Cleveland Indians can look at Ryan Braun as an outfielder, like everyday outfielder. Ryan Braun's yeah, not right. an everyday you're outfielder. Right. Yeah, you're you right can't, about that. He can't play the field every day anymore. He is a DH only. So With spot starts out in the outfield. I, I, I honestly have no idea if he's coming back to the Brewers or not. I, 
I, I think if he takes that discount at about $6 million a year... Then they'll take him they'll back. They'll take him back. I think they'll take him back. If he commands anything close... he's still close, producing. He is. Yeah, I think, I, think he, I think he commands upwards of double that on a market where teams Absolutely. where 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 they don't need much out of him, but they need a veteran who still has some skills and hit... Been really, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox. The there are teams that can take a flyer on him. It's yep. like he can suck, and it's not going to really kill us. They're going to pay him twelve. Someone's going to pay the him twelve. Tampa Bay Rays. They could. They could, Josh. Yep. It's so not, it's not smart, but it doesn't have to be. Can you imagine that you're general manager and you you make a decision like that, and somehow he finds a fountain of youth, and because he he's not a decrepit old codger, right? I mean, he could still potentially mean the difference in certain. If that's two ninety and thirty home runs and ninety RBI, and and that, that's more than worth it. And it'll be a big market team who's yeah. got the money to pay for something like that, right? right? Like the well, he's from LA. He's from LA. Just just so happens that Albert the Angels, Poole, Albert Pools, his contract comes off books this year. Angels. Yeah, there'd be oh, a wow. Angels, huh? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That actually does. Well, all right. So we won't be a brewer okay. next year. I think we're comfortable in that. Um, how about a Gruber? A Gruberism. Gruber. I. Do you want to? You want to preface it? Explain what this is. Uh, David Gruber has his uh, advertisements every six or seven minutes on Brewers broadcasts that least. involve his. And I've talked about this before with my kids, and it's getting uh, increasingly uh, more prevalent that uh, my kids will, every time they hear David Gruber, one call, that's all, uh, my oldest daughter will say, that's really annoying. And my son will, younger son, will uh, imitate it, but in an annoying <laughs> voice. So they both, and with no influence from me at all, because I try not to influence them in those sorts of things, and they've come up with this on their own. So uh, David Gruber has an annoying uh, uh, advertisement. Yep. It says, one call, that's all. One call, that's all. Yep. He's an attorney. It, it, it's yeah so it is so we came up with this grouperism is what would you rather do what would you rather have happen to you than listen to are you okay josh i got an eyelash in my eye all right then listen to the david gruber advertisements ever again um i would rather in perpetuity miss um, a nail that I'm holding that I need to drive into into two pieces of wood, I would rather miss that nail and smash a finger with a hammer mm -hmm. in perpetuity than listen over, to... Over and over again? Uh, absolutely. What does that mean, in perpetuity? Forever and ever. I oh. think he looked it up before the broadcast and he's comfortable with it. So I've never I'm heard not that before. I, I, I watch it means Shark, forever. Oh, I, I watch right. Shark Tank. It means forever. Oh, here's mine. I would rather get hit in the head, chest, and crotch simultaneously with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball <laughs> and then run over by the bullpen car instead of listening to David Brewer. Ouch. That's well done. I like that you include the bullpen car, yes. which is a, a nod to the past. <laughs> um, so I would rather have every tattoo on my body removed 
then listen oh, to oh, David oh, Gruber. Oh, 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 and that covers a lot of <laughs> square feet. <laughs> Literally, if people, whoever does that, started tomorrow, it would be a 30-year project. Yeah. yeah. It would take a long time. And it's, by all accounts, horrible, painful, and you're scarred afterward. Yeah. I'd, good luck. No. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd That's rather brutal. do that. That means I'd, a lot. Yeah, I'd rather do that. And I love my tattoos. But I'd rather... It's not going to happen, but I think you can picture what it would be, or at least think about what it would be like removing them. Yeah. Can I bring us to a better thought real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Sophia Mayer looks top-notch today. She's so pretty. She's... Um, I just wish you'd stop calling me. She's very attractive. You should you should send her over to my uh, right. my number. She was, she was over the other day, and Amy went to make her breakfast. <laughs> and then you woke up on the bathroom floor with your dog. <laughs> with a tube of BioFree secure. <laughs> Nowhere near me. Oh. By the way, Sophia Minner could tell me to go fuck myself in Spanish, and oh my I God. would still just... Go, go get a tissue. Oh. <laughs> Sophia, you know what? We've, we've been uh, uh, told that there's a lot of, of big-boobed uh, brunettes that get brought up in this podcast. Oh, right. Uh, Sophia Minner is, oh. whether or not she's real, or a natural blonde, I think it's probably Doesn't dyed. Matter. It doesn't matter. Sophia Minner, um, she, yes, oh. any, any work. Hi, highlight of, of the game anytime she comes on the screen. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that time she got the foul, the microphone blasted out of her hand by the foul ball? Yes. <laughs> like, on air? That was outstanding. And she just stood there like a trooper yep, and continued. Just, yep. Yeah. Oh, just YouTube that. If you've never seen it, it's totally worth a watch. Do, all you have to say, all you have to type in is Sophia Minner foul ball. Yeah. Do you remember... Um, who preceded her? I was sad when when she left. Trenny Kaz, uh, Kuzmeric. Yes. Yes. Trenny Kuzmeric. Yep. Good work. Uh, just when you think you're special in the head, you come up with something. Goddamn right. Yep. Yeah. I, I remember when Trenny left, and Trenny was a good-looking girl. I right. went like, oh damn, Trenny's gone, and then here comes. And then Sophia. here comes Sophia like, Minner, straight out of like Marquette or wherever she came from. She's a Wisconsin girl. Yeah, she is a Wisconsin. Wasn't and she went like to a school in Wisconsin? Is she a whitewater person? I know. Uh, I know. Krakashan. Krakashan is a whitewater person. Is Mar- uh, I, I want to say Sophia was. A Maybe Marquette. she's a Marquette person. <laughs> but. Oh, she uh, she is. Oh, yeah. yeah, I. Yeah. Anyway. All right. And and when she starts speaking Spanish. Right. I. Yeah, it's a whole nother level. Oh my god! So, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'd be German, Justin. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> That's accurate. Doesn't matter. She's speaking foreign. Yeah. <laughs> just the stars in your eyes. Just, uh, uh, yeah, there's there's a whole lot. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Anyway, uh, so we we again have to discuss like just what idiots we were. Do you remember how much we? laughed and mocked the Dan Vogelbach signing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we laughed and mocked at it at more as are we, like we looked at or... it and said, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And and the last time we did the podcast is Vogelbach had like three hits and four at-bats in, yeah. in his first game and we're like, maybe something or other. The dude has continued... He's to... batting oh, 400 plus at the Brewers. Right. <laughs> He's batting 400 over 400 with the Brewers. Yeah, yeah. 
And if you notice, he doesn't um, strap his batting gloves. No. He doesn't. Because you his, know there's yes. like massive ham hocks of forearms. They there's, talked about that in one of the broadcasts. Yeah. I, I think it, it was, it was <laughs> He doesn't like the constriction on his wrists. Right. But because his hands are so big, he needs like quadruple X. Well, the but, only thing that can hold him in is like butcher's twine. Yes. <laughs> like, well, there's no way Velcro is going to hold a oh, batting glove on yes. Dan Vogelbach. So it, it, it we had a, a text exchange about this. Like he needs his little cult following, like at the ballpark. Yes. And we haven't come up with a good name yet. No. I haven't followed a cult. So that's the whole David Crush thing. So I'm in. <laughs> but like, and, and these. Did are, I ever tell you I visited the Branch Davidians with Troy and Denny? That doesn't surprise me. Want me to save it for the next one? Yeah, maybe the next. Maybe one. the next one. But we have to come up with a with a good name for like Vol- for Vogelbacks like. Followers. The followers. Right, because I thought at first it was Vogel Bach. Bach. So I thought Vogel Bacaneers would be cool. Yeah. That's mm. not good. That's not good. We've had our pirate talk. Right, yeah. the Vogel Backers, which is just lame and not. Yeah. But anyway, start thinking about that. God knows if anyone's listening, please send us some. Because you know he'd have a group of fans. Oh, yeah. Gary Sheffield had the Chef Chefs at Yankee Stadium, which is weak. <laughs> Randy Wolf had the Wolf Pack. Yeah. I, that kind of little... You had Vaughn's Vaughn uh, had his own corner. That Vaughn was Vaughn's Valley, Valley, or Valley, or Valley or or something. right? But we need something like that for Vogelbach. Like Bill Schroeder had back. his buckethead brigade with the with Darren uh, with, uh, Darren Sutton. Darren Sutton. Yeah, yeah. So we need something like that. We need something like that. So please, if anyone is more creative than us, for the three people that consistently listen to this. Yeah, I mean, outside of us, the three people that consistently <laughs> listen to this. Yeah, true. All right. Um, moving on. Do we we did a Gruber? Should we do a Brustavus? Wait. Let's I do got it. one. Oh, go ahead. Let's do Brustavus. Brustavus. All right. Yeah. Let's, go ahead, Travis. You uh, you got one. Go ahead. The unsolicited golf swing advice guy. Yes. <laughs> God damn yes. You're talking about like on the course every day. You're, just... you're on the driving range and some guy randomly walks up to you and says, hey, I've got a few suggestions for you. Whether it's on the driving range, whether you get paired with someone, whether it's with your God. own foursome. <sighs> I... Kind of speaks for itself, right? Yeah. I got a little funny story over here, though. Is it? Does it relate to yes. unsolicited swing advice? Yes. Can, can I just do it now? Yeah. Please. So my brother was telling me a story. My brother is a couple of years young, three years younger than me. Don't scroll. Don't scroll. And and he, uh, um, so he was telling me this story. Two monkeys at, can't handle it. He was yet. at at the driving range and he was hitting the ball, and uh, so he he's hitting. <laughs> Mother of God, can I just tell this story? Yeah, just tell the story. So so he is hitting drives, and he's slicing the ball a bit. So my brother's telling me the story. Like, he's not doing very well out on the driving range. And as he tells me the story, he goes, and then all of a sudden, this little Asian guy comes out from the bushes. <laughs> no, out of nowhere, <laughs> like, a completely out of sight, he comes out of the bushes, walks up to him, and says... You need to move your back foot. Out of so, the like, bushes. Out of the Come bushes. On. Like completely <laughs> out of nowhere. Just like an Asian beggar Vance. Yes. Yes. So he comes out of the book, tells him to change his stance a little bit. Sure as shit, he started hitting the ball straight. That is amazing. 
it kind of counter contradicts what I'm saying. Well, but, I know, yeah, but, but that, that's the, like the out of nowhere thing. Out of nowhere, the bushes. <laughs> I will also say that... And then that he faded back into the bushes. And then he faded back into the bushes. <laughs> never to be seen again. And, and there's still, like, like stories about him on that golf yes. course. You got visited by the... Visited by the, by Asian, the little Asian guy out of bushes. Asian bag of pants. <laughs> yes. Out of nowhere. That's pretty damn cool. <laughs> now, all I was going to add is that it really applies to any unsolicited advice but the golf just seems to be more more prevalent right and um listen i know that i'm not good and i just oh yes i, I did have a second note here to any golf course operator i completely understand the business side of this but i come with another person I would rather wait two hours and go with that person alone oh, than getting yes. teamed up with two other people that potentially I might like and get along with. You go golfing with who you go fucking golfing with. So don't put me with these two strangers and expect yes. me to have a good time. Does that happen? Under, yes. It happens a lot. Hey, really? you don't mind. And you can't be a dink and say, uh, no, because you end up going with that person. Part, a big part of golf is you are with people that you want it's to be camaraderie. So then you plan. So then you have to make some decisions, and you figure it out over either nine holes or eighteen holes. What are they all about? Do they want a beer every three holes? How do they handle short putts? What what are they more serious yes. about the rules or less serious about the rules? What can oh. you talk to them about? You go out to relax. Yes. So. Just remember that even though it's absolutely what you have to do sometimes, you may leave, those people may leave with a taste in their mouth that's just really bad. Yes. Okay, I'm done. And or do I'll, you want to expound I'll piggy, on that? I'll piggyback on that, too. Okay. Uh, there are often times that I want to go out and golf by myself because I want to take nine holes. I want to take the next hour and a half. Yes, yes. I want to golf by myself. I want to do something athletic. I want to do something outdoors. I don't, I want to be alone with my thoughts. Yes. I want to be alone to work shit out that I've been dealing with for the last week, two weeks, whatever it may be. I don't want to get paired up with a twosome that's no. there and then have to have some small talk with these two idiots that I have and to Because you're going to be polite. Absolutely. And, and, and they might polite. not be idiots. They might be the greatest people ever. Absolutely. But you just, it's not what you but want at that time. I'm not there. I want to be there for the serenity of hitting a golf ball by myself, to play this game by myself, to work shit out from, from whatever is going on, and then I get paired with people and I have to be superficial with them. I... I couldn't can agree I, more. Can I say I didn't know that that was a thing because the only time oh, that I, the only time common. that I golf is is yes. with you know, in like tournaments or whatever when yep. we need a fourth just yep. And as somebody who deals with a little bit of social anxiety disorder, mm. that yes. sounds like a nightmare. And, and guess what? Some people deal with that better than others. Yes. Um, well, I would especially deal with it with say alcohol. say you say you go there with your best friend or whoever you're going there. And all of a sudden, you've got these two strangers who might be thinking the same fucking thing. What are we doing? Sure. Because they don't right. want it either. I just, I, I hate that. And it's something I wish the golf industry oh, would somehow try to absorb and not tear up strangers. Yes. Oh, God. That's, I just sort of got the chills even thinking about that. Yeah, it's brutal. Well, that's awful. I'm sorry you guys had to deal with that. I'm glad I don't golf now. 
Um, Saran, am I Brucevus? Did I do a Brucevus? I don't know. You haven't done a Brucevus. I haven't done a Brucevus. Well, Travis started off. Ah, okay. Hold on. Let me find out what it is. Okay, so, Justin, you've heard this a little bit. Do we want to pause for Travis to go to the bathroom? Or do you just want me to do my Brucevus? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, you piggybacked on his. Please, do your Brucevus. I'll do my Brucevus. Um, because Travis doesn't need to be involved with this at all. Okay. It's, it's sort of sport-related, but it's not. So... Oh. Yeah, so I uh, will at times uh, watch sporting events on my iPad, and because I'm outside with a fire, outside on the patio, or whatever it may be, and then my screen gets interrupted with a spam call telling me that my Apple Cloud account has been fucking compromised, and I need to contact, I need to press 1 for, to speak to a representative or call this number back. It's always the same goddamn fucking number that I have to call back, whether it's Los Angeles or New York or what, West, who Springs, the, Florida. West Spring fucking Florida that's been calling me at uh, 11.40 a.m., 429, 440, 502, 520, 531, 552, 619. It's 7.20 already. I got fucking eight phone calls hey, hey, from hey, this Apple fucking whatever hey, tonight. Hey, it, hey, it's pissing me off because if I had a goddamn iPad up when like I normally do when I'm outside enjoying the weather and then I get interrupted because it's not like a family conversation that I have to have. It's somebody trying to scam me out of fucking money while I'm trying to watch a goddamn Brewer game. Damn it! Hey, Josh, isn't it yeah. amazing? Or just, what are the odds of us having a, a, a podcast with the only person victimized by this? <laughs> We're going to take a break. <laughs> All right, we are... Uh... We're officially back. Fuck you both. All right. And we'll crack our next beer. One, two, three. There we go. All right. Where were we at? Your you brewery. Your brewery. Uh, no, no, my Brucevus. So my Brucevus involves um, satellite TV and that sort of thing. So with every other um, satellite service, like, say, Fox Sports Go, okay, I want to watch the Brewers, say on like a, a, a platform, like a, a wireless network or something like that. I just, I... I, I didn't even know what. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, you, you pay your DirecTV, pay your DirecTV subscription, and you get to watch the Brewers on Fox Sports Go. Then you can watch it on a Fire Stick. So I have a Fire Stick in my porch. So I just watch it through there. I wanted to watch the NFL this weekend on CBS, so I could watch it in my living room on my DirecTV satellite thing. I wanted to go on my porch and watch it through my Amazon Fire Stick. Couldn't do it. I had to pay for CBS All Access, which is like five bucks a month. So I still pay for it on DirecTV. I can watch it in the house. Can't watch it 10 feet away on my porch because they won't stream it. It's just, sorry, it's... A bad Bruce of us, but it just bugs me that they are just bilking money out of people to to watch it on different. It just bugs the living hell out of me, and that's it. I put a fire stick in your mom. <sighs> God. <laughs> See now, Justin's just grumpy, and because <laughs> he really got burned over his spam call.
<laughs> Burn. <laughs> All right, we're 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 starting to fall apart here. Uh. <laughs> what what are, uh, what's next? Uh, what do you want to do next? We future can... places we want to do our podcast. Oh, that would be a good one. Where else? Uh... I, I got to tell you, I really, despite the results, I love going remote at places. Yes, and. Um, I just think we ought to expand on, that. On location. Yeah, on location. Um, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't have to be a brew pub. I mean, you know, listen, um, this is Wisconsin. This is Eau Claire. we got to have some options. I, I, I like that idea a lot. Okay. I, I guess what I picture, and this will never happen, but I picture it, a small crowd of 10, 12, 15 people watching us someday, year from now, whatever. Yes. Uh, where we're known enough to where you could know, actually kind of do a party around it. It's like, come watch these knuckleheads do a podcast, and you'd almost have to lure them in with free drinks, but yeah, I'd be willing to do it. I, you know, it'd probably be cool. Do you know what? Most of them friends and wives or whatever, Family. maybe two actual fans, but sure. wouldn't it be right. neat? That would be fun. I think that would be the epitome of what we could hope for as a podcast. Oh, we can't go any no. higher than that. Yeah, yeah. No. that's it. Yeah, no. Uh, my, the, the ultimate goal, the top of the, the top of the list would be at, uh, um, Nelly's corner, Dave Nelson's corner over at uh, Miller Park Oh, uh, in damn. the area. Just, well, you're shooting um, the moon now. I'm shooting the moon. I told you that's like the top of the list. Yeah. If we could broadcast one episode from Nelly's corner, that would be, that would be it for me. That'd Oh yeah, we could probably retire at that point. So right. we've, we've yeah. well, I think we would. I think we would want to because we, we'd only go downhill from there. Yeah, no right. matter how good we were. Yeah, on a slightly smaller scale, if we can't reach that, Carson Park would be okay. Oh, that's that's not a small scale. That would be really well, cool. Be cool. I'll, I'll tell you what, Carson Park has tremendous baseball Huge history. history. Here, here's here's an idea. So long um, next summer. When the Express are playing again, prior to a game, we get out on the party deck and record an episode out there. That would be fantastic. I'd like that a lot. That'd be so cool. I might be able to make that happen. I bet you could. That would be awesome. I bet you could. Oh, man. I'm all of a sudden very intrigued by this idea. Well, no. And you know what? You got to believe you could mix in an interview of a, a current Express player at the time. Express I mean, player, I mean with, your, with your with your with your history yeah. with them, kind of a big deal with them. Yeah. Oh boy, I like that idea a lot. Nice, that nice that might you're back yeah. on track. Yeah. Oh, good work. As All right. As you brush off those spam calls, I, I think you're. I don't think you're mentally ill. I just think you're having a temporary reaction to an unusual event. Because I, I think you've just proven you can have rational thoughts. <laughs> Can we go on to a uh, uh, turn? Can we? Uh, let's go to that's what she said. I'm going to start this. Okay. It's a story, and both Hello. of you have probably heard it. Why? I'm sure both of you have heard it, but maybe not everybody in a, in our podcast. Mark Grace on Jim mm-hmm. Rome talking about Greg Maddox. Yes. You guys heard it? No. You heard the story? Okay. Yes. No, Josh, for you. Many years ago. Mark Grace is on Jim Rome, and Mark Grace was always one of Jim Rome's favorite guests. 
funny, funny son of a bitch. So he tells this following story, which he claims is true, and I don't know if Greg Maddox has ever weighed in on it. If he has, tell me, Justin. I haven't heard. So the story is that Mark Grace um, um, sees Greg Maddox as a cub pitcher. I think it was at Wrigley. He's just kind of like walking around the mound a little weird and kind of kind of gives him a motion, and Mark Grace sees that he has an erection. Oh, and no. Greg Maddox apparently admits it. And so he's just kind of like covering for him. He's just like, hey, something, do me, do, do me a solid, and just kind of stand there for a while. And Mark Grace apparently says to Greg Maddox, dude, you really love to pitch, don't you? <laughs> and that's my, that's my entire, um, that's what she said. But it's a story that Mark Grace very openly told and claimed that it was accurate. And there was never any kind of, oh, he's being a dank, he's being a jerk, he's being Mark Grace telling shit. I tend to believe it happened. Oh, hell yes. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh. I love baseball. Look, Coach, anything I you want to add to that? Did I get it? You got it spot on. I, 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 listened, I listened to it live, yep. and then it was... God, the, it had to have happened probably early 2000s, maybe even late 90s, and I think I heard it 15 years ago. Yep. I think no, that's when the story on. was told, and it was just this really, I guess, accepted yep. version of what happened, and which, which yeah. is really, when you think about it from a physiological, or that's, I mean, really? Well, what, really? What did you just see? I mean... Well, it begs the question, like, what if that did happen? I mean, he probably can't pitch the way he wants to when right. he... Pitches a 10, right? I don't uh, imagine. I'm sure at some point it just... Most, most pitchers happen. don't wear cups just mm. just because right. so it's, they're not the third baseman or whatever. So, I mean, if he's showing, he might be showing. And he oh. probably knew it, and he was buying some time. <laughs> and I guess he, he should have probably called over his third baseman and wouldn't tell the story to the entire country. <laughs> he called the one... Instead of your first uh, baseman. Yeah. He called the one pounds on it. Oh, absolutely. Mark Grace will tell any story. He, he, he called the one guy over that'll tell the story. Funny yep. guy, by the way. Mark Grace he is, is hilarious. hilarious. Yep. The, 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 the two guests that Jim Rome, um, I like a lot of what Jim Rome did and or does, whatever, yep. and not so much other stuff, but a pretty sharp guy, has a lot of good guests. Yes. And he would he said many times his favorite all-time guest was Steve Elkington, a golfer. And if you ever, oh, if you yes. ever want to hear the funniest shit ever, hear um, Elkington stories. He tells this one about John Daly, by the way, where they're in Australia at a tournament, and John Daly gets into a borderline fight with these rugby or these Australian rules football players, and John Daly takes off his shoes. And it wasn't so much a fight, but he like challenged them to run through them or something. It just, but he was. He's just full of all these stories, and they're all true. Yeah. But Mark Grace was either number two or three on his list of all-time favorite guests just because yeah. he is funny as shit. I do remember some of Elkington's stories, and they were insane. Yes. Insane. Funny, funny yes. guy. Yep. Really Who funny. happened to be a really good golfer, but when you're just this funny cut-up guy, that's what you're remembered for instead of your... Yep. I'm not even sure right. he won a major, but he was solid. Good golfer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I don't think he won a major. I don't think so either. Asking the wrong person. Uh, do you want me to do the, that's what she said? If you want to. Mine comes from a commercial that you've probably heard a million times during Brewer games. It's the Usinger's commercials. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, Fritz, 
<laughs> Fritz Usinger yeah. always says, we use only the finest hardwoods to smoke our sausage. God damn right you do. Yep. That's what she says. <laughs> How about the commercial where they have that truck coming out in the road? Oh, they make it look like they have this yeah. two-story building in the heart of Milwaukee. They have to have an actual... Oh. It has to be a big operation. It's got to right? be, right? I mean... <laughs> I love Fritz. That's what she said. <laughs> Coach? My, that's what she said. I uh, texted uh, Josh Miller... Josh, uh, immediately after I... Uh, oh, after we heard Good it. work. Good work. Immediately Jeez, after we heard it, people just can't learn. On September 18th of 2020, the Milwaukee Brewers was uh, were playing a baseball game, and uh, Orlando Arcia hit a double, and he hit the double right on the corner of the uh, of the uh, fence, the outfield padding, right on the yellow, right on the corner, and it bounced back in, and uh, I. I'm fairly certain it was Jeff Levering at the time because uh, Bill Schroeder was there. Uh, 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 not Bill Schroeder. Uh, Brian Anderson was doing NBA calls and he was down in the bubble. So Jeff Levering was uh, was the guy uh, with Bill Schroeder. And Jeff Levering said he just needed another inch. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's what she said. Oh, wow. <laughs> I heard that. You're, you're, you're coming back great, Justin. Bottle it. You might stop right now, actually. Fell out of my chair. Okay, that's okay. I that's enough. I needed to immediately text Josh. Okay, there we go. That's good stuff. So, uh, can we... Do you guys want to talk about our favorite sports movies? Is there any other Brewer topics that we need to cover? I mean, uh, you know... We're, we're one week out. Brewers are one week out. They've got a very important five-game series against the Cardinals. Starting um, tonight, right? Starting tonight. Well, starting right now. What's the, Well, you can see the score. What's the score? Uh, it's score five the score oh, okay. is the second. Yeah. Uh, they've showed Sophia Minard a couple of times, and that's Good. been the highlight of the game so far. Good. Um, but they're, they're a half game out of a playoff spot. Um, they kind of faltered last night against uh, the Reds. And they need to win probably four of these games to be solid in the playoffs. Four of the five. Yeah, three out of the five, and it's uh, we have to see what other teams do. So, right. uh, yeah, that's it. Let's yep. go to the movies. All right. Three. So we're saying at, at some point we, we might split this up we into into pure sports movies and then sports comedy Comedies, movies but for tonight dramas, it's just best but for tonight it's the top three sports movies the sports says the premise of the movie sports is the premise of the movies does yep. anyone want to start i'll start travis oh, i'll you can certainly go ahead all right i'll go first so my top three i the 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 two and three in no particular order i would say um major league miracle and then number one is caddyshack yeah, um, so I go um, Field of Dreams, oh, yeah, Major League, and um, and Slapshot, and yes. Caddyshack is like my number one. That's not on the list because I just kind of took it out of the category because it's so little golf and so much of yeah. everything else. And I and that was my only yeah. reason for splitting. So um, Slapshot, oh my goodness! So there you go. Um, Field of Dreams, uh, Major League, and um, 
Or Slapshot. Field of Dreams, I almost went Field of Dreams. I remember, so, so was, God, I must have been in freshman in high school. My kid, or my, my stepbrothers wanted to go see um, some Corey Haim, um, Corey Feldman, like, teen movie. Mm-hmm. The parents dropped us off at the okay. theater. I'm like, I don't want to see that crap. Like, I'm going to go see Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams was the first movie I ever saw by myself. Nice. Walked in all by myself and watched it, and yeah, and and the and the whole historical uh, reference of of, of of the White Sox, and um, if you do any reading on that scandal, and I have like forgotten ninety five percent of what I've ever read, but the story is really compelling, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's 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 neat. So one of the uh, the Field of Dreams actors that's his thing now is he just tours around. He came to Carson Park last summer. Really? Yeah, and mm-hmm. we bought one of his books and he signed it and all that. Yeah. And I, for the love of God, I can't remember what part he played. It might have been, well, wasn't, um, who, who's the guy that played Shoeless Joe? He's a um, he's a big actor. It's Ray. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, yes, thank you. But he was some other, he, this guy was some minor character in, was the Field of Dreams? Maybe not. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. He was. I, I remember. Uh, did they do a bobblehead for him? They didn't do a bobblehead. They but did some giveaway with him or yeah, something. Yeah, but they this yeah, yeah. year this year they were going to play a Field of Dreams game. Yes. It was the Yankees against somebody else in Iowa in a cornfield. Yes. And it got canceled because of COVID. How yeah, cool. really? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. How awesome would that have well, been? That, that's that's how they can regenerate that. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Good. Good movies. Where are we at, folks? My, my top three movies, number three is Caddyshack. Yep. Number two I had is Field of Dreams. Number one is Major League. Yep. So we're, so we're, we're really on. on. Yeah, Absolutely. we're, we're it's on the same thing. But, but don't you think, looking, I mean, there are so many out there. Why, why don't we um, kind of slate it for the next agenda? We, we, do an additional, we do an additional six completely brand new, mm-hmm. realizing this is there can be some overlap, but we, we, we each do serious versus... Comedy? Yes. Maybe? I had a 3A. Rocky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. If you go into that and, you know, your karate kids and all that stuff, and <laughs> I, 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 yeah, not, not my ducks. deal, but. Well, and so I'll. Uh, I'll quack. So quack. Quack. My, I, I thought someone would bring up Mighty Ducks. When I put down Miracle, I thought someone would bring up Mighty Ducks. And I'll take some pride, I guess. One day I made my kid watch Miracle. I'm like, no, we're watching Miracle, and that's it. And you know, uh, you know, kids get like, oh, I'm gonna sit yeah. and watch this movie, yeah. Yeah. and and they were like that. This sucks. But then, like, I don't know, three weeks after, you find him in the basement watching it on his own. Damn right. It's like, it's a proud parenting. Yeah, moment. it was. Yeah. yeah, like that that scene when when Herb Brooks is making him go up and down the ice. Yes. After the the Norway yep. game, I think it is. Like again, again, yeah. it's like oh, that's uh, yeah. Good moment. Good sports movie moment. All right. What else we got here, gentlemen? I know um, we have Unreasonable Fear, and I'm looking at this, and we have Justin's story about basketball player he hates so much. Do you remember that? There was, oh, yeah. you want to talk about yeah, that? Or not? I went off on a, on a... So, in high school... Um, yeah, in high school, I, I grew up in Oshkosh, and uh, I went to Oshkosh West High School. And it didn't matter if you went to West or North. One of your rival uh, teams that you played against was Fond du Lac. And um, Fond du Lac had a group of siblings, the Deaners. 
that Travis Diener. Travis Travis Diener. Yeah. We used to watch him every yeah, year. So, and... Yeah. So uh, the Deaners were homeschooled in elementary and middle school. <laughs> All of them were homeschooled in elementary and middle school. They were also um, uh, old for their age group. So not only were they homeschooled, but they were held back a year in homeschool. So that so then they know, roll into the public school system right, and they are in okay. high school. And so they're a year older than everybody else in their grade. So they're almost like the genetically created yes. kids in a okay. tube yes. hanging and then we're going to unleash them upon yes. the public school system. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, and, they were good oh, yeah. and they were they were good athletes, uh, naturally good athletes, and they probably would have been good athletes in their own age group. But because they were held back, and um, we there were rumors around about like incest, and because because no damage to be done there, it was like like incest and genetically altering, and all of them were created in a in a lab type of thing. Uh, be, because we're high schoolers, how many, and it's how many were there? How many were there? There were four. Were they like so, what nine months apart or something? Uh, pretty goddamn close. Uh, there was uh, Travis and Drake. Drake Keener was the oldest. Travis was the second oldest. And Travis was uh, one year older than me. Drake was like two or three years older than me. Well, so, of course, one of them's name was Drake. Yeah, Drake Keener. And he went to... Uh, St. Saint Louis, St. Saint Paul. He went to a to a uh, a, a D one school. Travis Steiner went to a uh, uh, went to Marquette, mm-hmm. and then there was um, uh, Brittany Deaner and well, whatever. There was uh, some... I can't I can't remember the other uh, girl's name at this time, but Don't there matter. was yeah she was a they were both uh, my age or a year or two younger. Okay, but so they were all genetically altered to be <laughs> uh, superior athletes. And my favorite moment, I, he's probably a nice guy. They're all probably nice individuals. They're all probably decent human beings. But I always saw them as the genetically altered uh, super athletes on a rival school. And it, it was my, one of my favorite moments when we eliminated them in his senior year in baseball in the regional finals to, for us to go to sectionals. And he lost, and I could see him crying in their dugout. And that was one of my, I'm not saying I was a, a super athlete. I played a little bit in, in my junior and my senior year in baseball. But for the Deaners to, uh, for a Deaner to cry in front of other people, and it was just one of those spectacular moments for me. You know, so every time I see Travis Diener succeed, he went he went and played Marquette basketball. He went and played in the NBA. He played overseas, and then he sunk some miraculous shot in whatever washed up league like like celebrity season it was. Yeah. Um, that got a whole lot, about a bunch of people that we work with excited, and I just sort of. Um, shrugged your shoulders. Shrugged my shoulders yeah. and said he's genetically altered. Isn't it funny though, like. Like like you said, could be perfectly nice human beings, experience, but does it matter when they're your high school like doesn't rivals? Doesn't matter because you build it up in your mind. Like yep. no, that guy's an asshole. He probably roofies girls on the weekends. Absolutely, and he, like he's, he's having sex with his sisters. Uh, everything. Yeah, 
He could make a million dollars a year and give 990000 of it to charities and people in need, and I would still think of him as the biggest douchebag in the entire world. Right, because in, especially at that age, when you yep. just, you're sort of and programmed right. to hate everyone across and the... And they were good. You really are, yeah. All of them were good, fundamentally sound. They were good athletes. If they were in the appropriate age group uh, with their with their grade level, uh, they would be the best athletes in that grade anyway. They yep. were just athletically gifted. Yep. And yet their parents still sort of... Ish. Manipulated the system a little bit and and got up yeah and which just led to the hate and gave you yep. that that yeah. sort of like leverage that you needed to hate them even more. Yep. Our, our um, Eau Claire example, Eau Claire North, where I graduated from in Memorial, it was truly um, a socioeconomic thing that had just been instilled over the generations. It was mm-hmm. when when I when when I was growing up, here's what was said, and I. I don't know if I even agreed with as much as you just went with it. Now I see it as ridiculous. But back then, uh, Memorial was rich. All their parents pay for everything. And this was, this was true, so I'll re- relate it. But it would have been, I suppose, 1985 or 86 is North Memorial basketball game at the doghouse. And the, the memorial kids started chanting at our groups, your dads work for our dads. Oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. And so you saw all these memorial teachers just, you know, they were in, in damage mode. And John Bowman, who was the principal at the, John Bowman, who was the principal at that time, was just, it was just, but that's, but that's, but that's what it was. And you, you were, you were programmed to think, that these were, were were rich, spoiled kids, and then you get to know them, and then yep. and years go past where typically it wasn't even accurate. If it was accurate, what you blame kids? It just but that's how you were. There was no right. different. That's how than, you were, yeah. That was no different than West and North and Oshkosh. And, okay, you know when we were playing football, I would I would be on the sidelines or on the field and hear our West uh, our, our West fans shout out to the North side, take a shower. So, I mean, it, it's no are. different. Yeah. Well, and right. so growing up in a super small town of Shatek, there was a kid from a neighboring town who was a just like, you know, crazy athlete and whatever. And his last name had a, uh, his last name was easily rhymed with steroid. Nice. So, of course, oh, it, yeah. it got rhymed that way. And he ended up getting drafted by the Dodgers. Really? Yes. Cool. How, yeah. Remember the name? Yes, I'll tell you off the air. Okay, sure. Um, and so I just had that connotation about him, like just a pompous, you know, and, and his big thing was he was going to pinch run for the Dodgers, and we all made fun of him, like, oh, really? That's your job is to be a pinch runner? You know, like. Oh, wow. And then I met him later on in life in training for our current job. Turned out the legit most nicest guy, yeah. the most fundamental, like, like I wish I was that dude. And like, so has everything been skewed from high school? That oh, yeah. which of course it has. For the folks that are still living in high school at age 35, 40, come on, folks. Yeah, enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, get out of it. Okay. All right. We own. I think we only have unreasonable hit, fear. Unreasonable fear. That's it, Travis. I believe you said you had a good one. I don't know if it's a good one, but I'll lead with it. Okay. Here's mine. Here's one of them. Mowing grass. I have an unreasonable. 
fear of something come out of the chute and hitting people or cars. And I'm hypersensitive about if, um, because I actually do a lot of mowing at a lot of different places, I'm hypersensitive about the chute pointed in a safe direction and to the point where it's a little probably over the top. So, again, and I mentioned a couple hours ago the same thing to prove that we don't do a whole lot of planning. I'm going to throw this out to the crew right now. I like this following idea that we have a category that we put in on a temporary, maybe a permanent basis. Because number, I'll, I'll just say it first. I'm surprised more people don't get hurt in mower shoot throwing shit projectile accidents a year. I have thrown out golf balls, um, rocks <laughs> that had someone bed there would have hurt them bad. And my category that I'm proposing moving forward is why haven't more people been hurt doing blank? And we, we just kind of, and iterate, but no, I've done one with it. This isn't just something I'm coming up with. It's like, I, I've got another one. If we approve this, I've got an absolute winner that I guarantee 80% of our listeners will be goddamn right. So we have to do it at least one time. So mine is, we, I have, I mean, fellas, you throwing stuff out your lawnmower that had someone been there, right? Am I, am I completely off base or? I, I. Travis, when I say unreasonable fear and then I throw that in, it kind of contradicts itself, right? But I'm hypersensitive about it. Well, here's what I'll say. Okay. Knowing what I know about you, mm -hmm. I could see you mowing over a grenade and not noticing it. That's a That's really accurate. good point, and I, yes, I would rather drive over something than stop and move it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm concerned, because I do drive over almost everything. Because I don't think I can mow over a golf ball and not look, you know, three feet ahead of the it's mower. It's either that or stop and move it, Josh. Did you hear that part? Right, so you just said, well, well fuck it, I'm going to mow over it, and then you're paranoid about... It's the responsibility of the people that left it there. So what you're saying is you, your conscience is getting a hold of you when you roll over something that you shouldn't roll all over and figure, oh, I wonder what this is going to hit. <laughs> Whatever. If this is dumb, I will tell you that principle is a good thing. Because I, I can come up with like ten things where it's like, why don't more people die doing this every year? I, I so mean, it, I'm just... I'm just I don't know if I have a mandate, but I'm going to... I understand the fear of it, but I think most people are probably more aware of what's in front of the mower okay. than you are. Okay, Josh, yeah, I wasn't going to do this, but given both of your reactions, I'm going to do it. I had number two written down. I am actually pretty good at backing a boat. I've always been good at backing shit. I'm bad at most stuff, but I'm good at backing. Every time that I launch my pontoon or my other boat, I have an unreasonable fear that people are watching, gawking, and making <laughs> judgments about how I oh, do. No, that's actually... And, yeah. okay, but it's unreasonable, right? And I think it's a very common thing because I do have a couple boats. I do it a decent amount. I live on a lake, so it's once a year, so it's not that bad. But no matter, regardless of how comfortable I am and how I think I'm doing something right, I don't think I'm going quick enough. I don't think I'm following some protocol as far as the whatever. So that's 1B. That's better. All right. That's better. 
All right. So really, it, I, yeah, it's better. The whole idea, though, guys, is unreasonable. That's the point. It's unreasonable. This isn't something you should look at and say, "Yeah, I get it." No, I, I think the yeah. unreasonableness with the running things over is the lack of oh, caring situational, situational awareness. awareness. <laughs> I'd never even thought about that because what I what I guess how I view that is I'm running over it no matter what. So I need to worry because <laughs> I'm still not not yeah. running over. I, I sort of get this vision that when you cut the grass, your eyes are closed. Oh, you're like you're just driving, and it's just like I don't give a shit what I run over. I don't care what happens. But there's going to be some beep that tells me when I need to turn, yeah, and everything and, outside and, of that and, is. At what point does the the fear take over when the golf ball passes under the carriage of the lawnmower? Oh like, shit! Oh this shit! Is, this is shooting out the side. I wonder where it's going. <laughs> You know, you're bringing up some things I hadn't thought about. Maybe I'll do some introspection. Maybe I'll mow safer. Um, no, you won't. <laughs> it's certainly going to be in my mind. I know that. We've saved a window. <laughs> and maybe a life. Uh, maybe a life. All right. My unreasonable fear is carrying anything in the back of my truck. Oh, anything. Mm, Buddy, uh, this is, I got to stop you right there. I had started to write down shit falling out of my back of my pickup truck. Are you kidding me? Is no. this where you're going? Yes. <laughs> so my Nuts. my former Swiss neighbors one day called me up from, from Menards. They said, hey, we're buying a grill. We don't have a truck. We can't fit it in the back of our van. Can you come get it? Of course. Like, of course. I'm going to help you, yeah. I We load it in the back of the van. I put it down with some uh, bungee cords. I pull out of the out of the the parking lot and the thing uh-huh. tips. I jam the brakes. <laughs> I stop, like retie it immediately, and I drive probably thirty five miles an hour down Highway fifty three the rest of the way. Oh yeah. Because I am paranoid about things flying out, yep. tipping out. This is I eerie. This is petrified, eerie. petrified about things. Terror. I, I get so much stress about it. Good, thank you. I'm glad so it's I, not unreasonable. I, I need to add something. Please, to yes. A person who we both know who will not even be named by a real fake name <laughs> 10 years ago had a storage place up on Double O in Halley, and I transported this person's um, lawn furniture and other things up to their storage back and forth from the house on the south side. And this person, who I will tell you off the air, will can be reached out to and can tell this story. We might even hang up and do it because it's a great story. I'm going down the Highway 53 near Double O. You know, got on the freeway mm-hmm. from whatever. So mm-hmm. we're just getting up to 65, 70 miles an hour. In the rearview mirror, I got a 16-foot trailer hauling a Suburban. <laughs> and this apparently pretty valuable thing that his wife liked went flying oh, and i mean no. it went airborne the gust caught it so you can picture it right it's this 60 inch diameter table glass not the cheap shit. it goes up in the air and i am meeting you i don't give two shits less about that but i'm in traffic right so and i worked where i used to work at the time i mean for sure and so got on the brakes pretty quick probably stopped 300 yards or so afterwards so we're running up we're southbound we're running northbound against traffic and they're already starting to pile up because not only do you have the broken glass but you have the frame that they're dodging and we are kicking glass out of the roadway and to this day you bringing that up and this was not planned folks when you talked about that 
I have a very, I, I, I'm very sensitive about stuff flying into someone else on the roadway that could hurt them. Because the reality is, had someone in that case yes. taken an oh shit bad yeah. instead of just hitting the flimsy thing, it could have been bad. So that is such a Travis, can poignant I, story. Can I tell you how much anxiety just yeah. you telling that story? Buddy, I get it. I get it today. After it all oh. settled down, all I was happy with, and that was like the longest five minutes of my life because we couldn't just leave it. I mean, it shattered with glass and whatnot. And so we're doing a little bit of mini traffic control, just hoping the cops didn't call. Oh, by the way, a trooper rolls up and you start talking about unsecured load and all this. Oh, God. And then, God, did someone, to the best of our knowledge, nobody had any kind of an impact. But there was traffic. This was not, oh, buddy, it was. Justin, do you remember that time you loaned me your lawnmower? Yes. And we put it in the back of my truck, a uh, simple lawnmower in the oh. back of a perfect truck. Yep. And that thing was moving a little bit. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Don't like towing stuff to this day. Don't like it. Awful. Anyway, well, I'm glad it's maybe not that unreasonable then. That is not an unreasonable fear. Good. I appreciate you bringing that up. You as well. Justin. I can bring this back to the unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, That's what it should be. Manhole covers or the grates that go over uh, the sidewalks that drain water. Yes. I can't step on them. You're not the only one. Can't do it. Neither can my wife. I will know, not. I know step for over. sure that when I step on them, I'm not going to fall into the deep abyss and get sucked up by some clown or fall into whatever. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen because I've moved manhole covers and I know that they're more likely to pop off of the hole than to fall into the hole. Right. So I know that it's not going to happen. I know that these grates are very well constructed where you're not going to fall into them. However, every time I'm around them, I either need to make sure that that someone is not walking on the grates at the same time as me so they can grab my arm when I fall, or Mm -hmm. I can't step on a manhole cover. Ah, awesome. Wow, that, no, wow, that is all really, really, really good. I I think we had a good week, guys. that, That was a very nice rebound episode let's stop it now because we can only go down that's yep. all of the day we we have that's to rate the beer we have to rate the beer um oh okay i'll go do you the want only, i don't and i don't want to be that guy but i'm gonna be that guy i don't think i've ever led with the beer and i'm kind of jealous of giving it whatever all right um i give it a double um and it's because of me it's a double because the whole oktoberfest thing isn't my favorite so in the realm of i Oktoberfest. I mean, you know, whenever you get, I mean, we're gonna find beers that could be a double play ground that like some kind of blue tinted whatever the hell that. Would be. <laughs> I mean, fuck you. So when we start getting double triples or whatever, um, when I say double, that's not diminishing it. No, I just no, think no. It's, it's 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 a it's a it's it's a two run it's a it's a it's two still run a double. Hit. Still ahead. Still ahead. Yeah. I mean, we come in and we rate a beer a single. That's above average. I, I yeah. guess I, I rate it as a as a as a two run double. Yeah. No, that's fair. And and thank you for saying that because this is a solid single for me. Only okay. because so, yeah. only because of what you said. And I'm not an Oktoberfest beer fan. But I didn't. If I didn't like it, I would say it's a ground up to second. It's a base it, and it's not a, a little bleeder through the infield. Right. It's a solid knock to center field. Maybe even in the gap where you think about going a second on it, but it's just 
it's not there. So it's a solid single. I don't dislike the beer in any way, shape, or form. It's just it's not still, my... It's still a hit. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hit. I'm going to tie this in with my That's What She Said, and it is a double off the corner of the wall where all it needed was another inch. Uh, nice. For, nice. For, yeah. for Oktoberfest beers, nice. I think this is one of the better Oktoberfest beers I've had. Um, I do like the Oktoberfest, the, how do you say it, Mazayan? You, he mispronounced. Marzen. Marzan. 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 Marzan style lager. Um, I'm a fan of of that Oktoberfest type of taste. So, right. um, well, then you would actually be a better gauge of this than us if you're familiar with Oktoberfest beers. This is yeah. the top half. It's top fifty percent. Oh, there you are. Well, perfect. Because I, I will say that I know very little about it. I, yeah, me too. I so can, for it to be a double with me, it, it's tasty. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I will. I will put this out there because I know that we probably won't sample many Oktoberfests on this podcast. Uh, for me, Staghorn with uh, New Glarus is the mm. cream of the crop of, of Oktoberfest-type beers. That is probably the best that you will taste out of Wisconsin Oktoberfest. Um, this is in the top half with, uh, I think, Point does a Point does a good uh, Oktoberfest that is uh, pretty tasty. And uh, Liney's Oktoberfest isn't so bad. If you if you're gonna do a four different types of Oktoberfest that you want, it's Nuclearis, it's Point, it's um, uh, Lineys, and uh, Milwaukee Brewing Company. What about uh, Lazy Monk? I thought you Lazy Monk has a really good Oktoberfest too. I okay. would say, you know, if you're if you're rating top half, that's probably right in the middle. But because it's local, I I sure. lean toward a little bit more. It's good. Good. All right. So uh, next time, by the next time we record, guys, the Brewers may be in the playoffs. They may be out. We may be doing a postseason playoff edition or a postseason wrap up. Ooh, <laughs> Which I just you know whatever. I want to see. Them, I want to see them in the playoffs just to see what happens. So, any closing thoughts? I don't. I'm just glad to be back on the horse and be able to, to leave here with a uh, uh, steady stream of consciousness. <laughs> Leaving here under our own accord and under not having accord. to have somebody else take us somewhere. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone, for okay. listening. All right. Thanks, have a good night. Great.